for the CW hit series The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm so happy to have you on the show along us. If you're a new speedster, welcome to the family. And if you're a regular speedster to the podcast, welcome back. Let's have fun. Let's flash out, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and with me are my co-hosts, Scott Murray and Adam Holmes. Hello. Hello, everyone. How you, how you ladies doing today? The gentlemen are doing great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Guess uh, you're testing to see if we're awake. <laughs> uh, uh, unlike them, I actually didn't get to sleep any anything this 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 day in this past night. So, but uh, we will get right into some flash news, you guys, because Adam did some something big broke yesterday. Yes, it did. We got another casting news, except it's not for another Flash character. It's for another Firestorm character, which the show is including plenty of these days. Uh, It was announced yesterday that Luke Roderick will be playing Jason Rush in episode 10 of The Flash. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Jason from the comics, he is is the one half of the Firestorm Matrix... uh, in the modern comics, so he and Ronnie Raymond form Firestorm together rather than Ronnie and uh, Martin Stein. Uh, in the show, Jason is described as a graduate student at Hudson University and that he was part of Martin Stein's research team on the Firestorm project. And it should be noted that Firestorm is an acronym, so each letter stands for something. Oh, Lord, I don't even know what it stands for. Eight is a Firestorm. Sorry. Yeah, so, you know, we already know that Ronnie and Martin are going to be fused as Firestorm in the show, so how Jason is going to fit in there, we're not sure yet. I think he could be a character that will develop and eventually take over for uh, Victor Garber at some point throughout the series, that they will flesh him out throughout the whole show, and when the time has come, they will probably have an event where they actually merge together, uh, both Ronnie and um, Jason. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. I figured. I figured of the two, of the two actors between Ronnie and Martin, who would be replaced? Martin, clear choice since it happened that way in the comics. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that change would take place. Just want to point out quickly that this was also reported by our good friends over at KSite TV, which is you know the home of Flash TV News, Green Arrow TV, Shield Side, Gotham Side. Hellblazer TV, so make sure to check out all those websites for all, you know coverage on all those shows. And um, Scott, I know you're probably not familiar with Firestorm that much, and probably not Jason either. So, uh, what are your thoughts? You know, are you ex- uh, intrigued? Are you? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm glad Adam went through the, that whole explanation because um, you know, with with us, um, you know, keeping track of how exactly all of this re- relating Firestorm is going to evolve in the program i'm just trying to keep up at this rate <laughs> and <laughs> and make sure i understand how they're actually how things are going to come together on that so um i don't know much um uh, about the actor i've i've seen you know some of the things that he's been involved in but um i'm sure he'll be a good fit for it cool yo and uh yeah episode 10 i actually thought at first when i read the article that it said episode 12 i'm like who are they not introducing in episode 12 <laughs> because there's like i think there's like six new characters coming in, in that episode so um you know hey why not go big but uh, and we also have the information that the mid-season finale of the flash will be on december 9th so episode 9 of the flash on december 9th so 
be excited. And uh, we're going to jump right into this episode. And um, it's the fifth episode called Plastic. So initial reactions and thoughts. Scott, let's start with you. Uh, I really liked the episode. I thought this was one of the better or probably one of the best episodes of the season so far, just in that it had a perfect balance of everything. They did a really good job um, balancing the romantic elements, the humor elements, the uh, you know villain elements, and um, you know seeing enough of plastique and still keeping us intrigued by what's going on with Dr. Wells all in one episode. So I thought um, overall, as always, there was some good humor in it. And um, it was just good to see them break a little bit away from you know the formula um, that we've seen up to this point. And I thought they balanced a lot of stuff in a short span of time in this episode really nicely. And it was definitely one of the best episodes of the season, I think, so far. Adam? I definitely agree with Scott. It was a good balance all throughout the episode. You know, you had the you had the metahuman plastique, who you know Kelly Fry gave a great performance. You had the actual antagonist, General Wade Eiling, played by Clancy Brown, who was just amazing. And I'm a big fan of the guy, so I'm really looking forward to when he comes back. But you know, aside from just you know the flash fighting the bad guys storyline, you also had the good balance of romance, uh, humor. You know, Barry trying to figure out why he can't get drunk anymore. Uh, Iris trying, you know, with her blog and Barry trying to stop her. And, you know, we're only five episodes in, but I'm kind of glad we've gotten to a point where, you know, Barry and Iris are good friends, but now they've sort of reached their first kind of, I don't know if you want to call it argument or conflict or something. But, you know, this is important enough to both of them, this blog, whether it's for it or against it, that now they've kind of reached a standstill and they're giving each other some space. But, you know, like, like I said, overall, really good episode, great balance, one of the better ones this season. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with my with my co-host about this. I thought it was a really solid episode. I think having a metahuman this week that was not a villain was actually a good change, and uh, and actually have just a regular human being actually be the villain. You know, I know Captain Cold was the villain in the last episode, but he's still you know a supervillain in a way. So it was cool to see you know a character that is known for being a villain in the comic books come in and actually be a tragic hero in a way. And uh, yeah, I loved Kelly Fry's performance. We will get into that in a second. And Clancy Brown, like, look, that voice can make me kneel in front of him. Like, <laughs> my goodness, he's amazing. And um, yeah, look, and I'm all about Barry and Iris, so I I thought it was some good character development for both of those two characters together and individually, so it was really good, and um, it, and it, like like you guys said, great uh, balance of humor and uh, and drama, so... Yeah, I actually, I actually <clears throat> always kind of take note of uh, when I think there's a really funny line in the in the... Ones that stood out to me in this episode uh, from a humor standpoint was first off, right out of the gate, Caitlin saying, do I sound like Felicity? Yes. Uh, Nobody can sound like Felicity. Uh, But it was was just cool. Everything she said leading up to that, she was doing that really fast-paced, short-sentence kind of delivery like Felicity does, and then suddenly just kind of went, whoa, did did I sound like Felicity? I also like Cisco's flirtation with Plastique. It, oh, it was point, the so way, adorable. The way the way he said that was inappropriate. Please don't leave. <laughs> that was yeah, nice. That and w- and yeah. did you all see? Uh, did you all notice too when um, uh, when they were testing? You know, different things that you know they they could put uh, plastique's powers on and throw them up in the air. At one point in time, Caitlin holds up a boomerang and says, "You didn't think this one through, did you?" Yeah, I I. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I saw that photo for the first time, all I wanted to do was uh, add the caption, uh, I'm going to be Captain Boomerang, and then just insert a photo <laughs> of uh, Nick Terabay, who will be playing Captain Boomerang on Arrow, where he, and just put in like you know a circle bubble and says, uh, heck no, I'm Captain Boomerang. She's like, damn. <laughs> because I thought it was like, why is she holding a boomerang? And um, uh, no, but Kate, she was very funny in this episode, especially at the beginning where she... Where all of them were at the bar, and Eddie comes in, he and she's like, "So gorgeous." I mean, you know, from a 
what 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 was the word she said? Um, from a genetic standpoint, I yeah. think she said. Yeah, my my ass that he was from a genetic standpoint. <laughs> that is she, uh, she's cru- she's crushing for for Eddie, you know. And I I don't blame her. Look at the man. That's yeah. Moving on. I'm jealous. Anyway, so and let's talk about Kelly Fry as Beth Sensucci, aka Plastique. I. You know, I I have the background of I've I've seen Plastique in several places. I read a few comic books with her in it. I've seen her on Smallville. I've seen her on Justice League Unlimited. Where they actually had a Task Force X episode, which I thought it was a really good episode there. And um, and uh, and I've I've always always tried to find my favorite version. I can t- definitely say that my the small version was not my favorite. It's my least. Favorite. She was really annoying, like a crybaby there. But on this show, they made her a really serious character. That, you know, especially with the military background that she had, and also just to you know, a little flash fight for you guys. Um, the the military background is actually something they added from um, the, one of the writers of this episode. She, um, I don't know, I, I'm blanking on the name. I'm so sorry, but she actually has a military background. So there was a lot of um. There's a lot of conversation and a lot of you know discussions about how how Beth would be in terms of a military presence there. So that was really cool that they brought that in, and uh, and I and she she just felt like a real character to me. She she w- and also I I made this. It, people thought it was a joke, but I was kind of serious when I said this on Twitter that last night. I said that this is this is Elsa from Frozen if she had been a- if she had been able to make things explode instead of freeze. Uh, and it and I kind of like that that um, that structure in a way because you know we we've all seen Frozen we love Frozen we love Elsa we feel for her and seeing them kind of do a little similar take on Plastique with some of you know little Elsa in it I think I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, my only experience with Plastique in the past was in the one episode she was in of Justice League Unlimited titled Task Force X also. So this was basically my first time seeing her in live action. And yeah, Kelly Fry did an amazing job, you know, with the military background. And, you know, we, we glossed over this, but it was good that the show didn't play her just as a villain. You know, she was a woman trying to figure out what was wrong with her, where her powers came from. And, you know, she she briefly almost went over to the dark side at the end. But, you know, if you're going to seek revenge against someone, Eiling's a good choice because, you know, very few are going to cry if something happens to him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with your Elsa thing, you know, this is a woman who has these dangerous powers that could hurt anyone, and, you know, she's trying to make sure no one gets hurt first, and, you know, whether it's telling Barry not to touch her, you know, keeping the gloves on, which kind of reminded me from Rogue from the X-Men. But yeah, it's just that the way they portrayed her in the story was really interesting, and, you know, props to Kelly Fry. Yeah, I think uh, Kelly Fry was really a really good fit. Did a great job um, because I think you 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 cared about her and you cared about what happened to her, which is um, key. You know when you're when you're watching somebody's performance. So I definitely give her that. Um, I also found myself thinking a lot. You know when she has that conversation with Wells. Um, you know, when he tells her that, you know, due to this accident and this things, these things that have happened and getting her to understand that and then says he would do anything to get out of the chair. <laughs> and uh, and then he convinces her to go kill uh, the general. And, um, you know, I can't help but wonder if he kind of knew what was going to happen there. Was that more of I mean, when when you think of how Dr. Wells is totally serious when he talks about the general and how powerful he is. You know, did he really think Plastique was going to be able to go in there and take him out? Or, you know, what, is there something in this plan of his, in the back of his mind, whatever he, he knows that we want to know that he knows? Um, was was that coming into play here when he sent her out there to take him out? Did he know she wasn't going to make it? I, I really wonder what the real motivation was for Dr. Wells convincing her to go out there um, to, to take the general out. Did he really think she could do it or did he know something else was going to happen? And having said that, um, you know, I hate the fact that supposedly, granted this is a comic book TV show, but um, hate to see her uh, die at the end of the show. Um, 
you know, I, I understand. I think that they did a good job using her to set certain things up in this episode. But um, Kelly was was so good in this and was such an intriguing character. I really, really would have liked to have seen more of her. Um, and then again, like I said, it is a comic book show. They have ways of bringing people back. But uh, hated to see that happen to her at the end. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I have one rule when it comes to not just comic book television, but it comes to any TV show or movie I watch. If we don't see a dead body, they ain't really dead. <laughs> and also, who knows? Maybe she was reiterating. Oh, wait, sorry, Doctor Who. Never mind. But uh, maybe she, yeah. so, maybe that, that purple thing that was glowing around her body, maybe that's something that's actually healing her. Because did, but remember, sorry, Adam. But remember, okay. remember when she said that she barely felt the bullet go into her arm when Caitlin was, you know, doing her thing. Maybe she that is, is one of her ways to, you know, heal. I don't know. I they're not done with her. She is a good character, and I think that after they saw the huge response, they she got. Look, guys, I I know you guys uh, weren't on the East Coast feed yesterday, but um. When I was live to me, everyone was raving about her. Everyone was loving her. She is uh, so friendly, and they really liked Ben, and they felt they really felt for her character. So I think, look, if they don't bring her back, it's a huge mistake. And also, she could also be a great character to add later into Arrow with Suicide Squad, for example. Although, the, the thing is, she doesn't really have that criminal record, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I know she had she done a few shady things, but it... But I'm still saying that they, they could definitely use her on both shows, and I think that with someone as talented and as uh, wonderful as Fry, um, it would be a huge mistake to not bring her back. So I think we will see her back. They're probably working out how to bring her back in the, you know, as we speak. So fingers crossed. But she was super cool, and she was a blast to tweet with. She taught me all about emojis yesterday. Um, and I, yeah, I... Um, I do that thing now. Emojis yeah. on my phone. So, what up? And Kelly, if you're listening, you were a blast to talk to you on Twitter. And But, guys, we need to definitely talk to, talk about Clancy Brown's general healing. My goodness. I kept thinking, Lex, Lex, Lex. That's Lex. That's Lex. Oh, my God, he has hair. Oh, my God, he's tall. Oh, my God, he's there. And, um, no, I thought he is a force to be reckoned with. Clancy Brown is... A force to be reckoned with. You don't want to mess with him, and I, I, I hope that he's actually going to be like a side villain of the show. You know, someone we will see recur from time to times, and I think that I think that's probably the plan. And um, maybe he will be the one that is kind of like Amanda Waller, uh, like she was in season two of Arrow, where she would go after specific people to get together this team. So maybe he'll be targeting certain metahumans in the first season. Um, what did you guys think about Brown as the, the general? Um, I really liked him. Like you, I was sort of thinking of Lex Luthor, and I was also thinking of him as the prison guard from Shawshank. And like both yeah. characters, you know, the, I'm glad that the show didn't at any point even try to make him seem likable. Right when you meet him, he's he's a bad guy. You know, the way he talks to Joey, he says, you heard him, Joe. Give him what, give me what I want. Like, who, you don't talk to Joe like that. Dude, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You're not. You don't be disrespectful, Joe. But yeah, I, uh, I think he is definitely going to be a recurring villain. You know, I don't know if he's going to show up, you know, in a live episode this season, but I think he will be brought back at some point. He will be trying to gather up, you know, some of Central City's metahumans to, you know, weaponize them for the U.S. government or you know whatever. But you know, there's so much good things you can say about him, but I think I can just summarize it by, I want to see him back, plain and simple. Yeah, he's definitely great for this type of character. And man, the between him and William Sadler, the Shawshank Redemption is uh, providing a lot of cast members <laughs> uh, very that fit very nicely into this show. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's got that imposing, um, you know, presence on screen. And, you, you know, that, that allows you to kind of dislike him as a villain, but love him as a villain at the same time. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, the guy's done not only a lot of, you know, some on screen stuff, you're talking about Lex Luthor, he's done a ton of voice work. If you look at his IMD, IMDB page, it's, uh, very impressive. He was also, uh, Savage Opress on the Clone Wars animated series too. So he's done some He needs to be in Star stuff. Wars, uh, yeah. period. Like, why <laughs> hasn't he been added to the cast of episode eight yet? 
just throw uh, them in because there. there's still time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know that, um, you know, I was, I actually had read an interview with him about playing this character. And obviously one of the things that people wanted to know was if, you know, he was going to have that, you know, um, mutant transformation element to him. And he says, as of right now, they, they don't think that, uh, he's going to have that like it's seen in the comics, but you know, this show's just getting started who I could totally see that happening. And, uh, even if he knew, I don't think he'd give it away. Yeah. But I think the the more imposing thing, I think, the thing that really kind of stood out for me outside of, you know, all the good interactions with him was at the end when he Im- basically implied that he knows Dr. Wells' secret. Yeah, and you know what? That kind of adds another great backstory for Harrison because that means that someone out there knows about Harrison and he, they, you know, that they could actually become... A problem for Harrison at some point, and um, we do also learn about their backstory in in the flashback or the you know the Harrison coda basically. It's always about Harrison Wells at the post credit scenes, yeah. But um, uh, but we we will we will get to that, ladies and gentlemen, in a bit. But uh, no, but I think Clancy Brown was a great addition as well as Kelly Fry, and you know I loved both their performances and I think that I kind of want to see Clancy Brown's character go up against the Flash at some point and see how Barry would take him on and the whole you know him becoming this beast whatever it might happen personally I don't think it's going to happen in the first season at least I think that they want to kind of establish him as this military figure of the show and um yeah, and we will see what happens from there. But we are going to move on now to Iris meeting the Flash. Now, guys, I'm going to be completely honest with you two. Um, I could, I was wishing for a lightning bolt to hit me last night because I want to be able to do that voice. <laughs> that, <laughs> that voice. Was- yeah, that voice. <laughs> that voice reminded me of the way the visitors talked in the old 1980 series V. <laughs> that's immediately yeah. what I thought of. So I can date myself, but that's all. I I'm wasn't saying. thinking. I wasn't thinking V, but I, kind of the same lines. It did sound very like alien or extraterrestrial. It was, it was, it, it was a weird voice. But no, but I, but the thing is, in the comic book, he's done that a lot of times where he can, he can actually use his voice to actually sound differently and, and stuff like that. There was a great scene in Young Judges at the end of the second season where Bart and um, Barry, they're, they're talking so fast that, that they kind of get, you know, chipmunk voices. Right, so It's hilarious anyway. But I yeah. think that, uh, you know, some you know, for some people that doesn't know that I'm a huge fan of the Superman and Lois Lane relationship. You know, before she knew that he was Clark Kent, or uh, and after she knew that he was Clark Kent, but and I felt like there was some similarity in this dynamic. Although the difference was that he kept moving around so that she couldn't see his face properly. Because look, Iris is a smart girl. She a mask is not going to fool her. And the thing is, all she needed to do, you know, all she needed was p- p- just you know two seconds if she, to look at those eyes carefully, and she would have known that was Barry because. They've lived together, for God's sake. And, um, no, but I thought it was so sweet and so deep. And uh, it kind of... Cre- and the thing that touched me so much was when, when she said that I have a friend, something really bad happened to him. People have made fun of him. He, you know, he was taken to shrink and stuff like that. And she, we, we find the reason she was doing all of this, why she was making this blog, was because... She wanted to show the world that Barry was right. The impossible does exist. So that really moved me, and that really made me fall in love with this character so much more. I like, like just when you think that you can't fall more in love with this character, it happens. And I'm like, it's, oh, it makes me so happy. And um, and I, yeah, and it's and also at the same time, it is so tragic because if she knew who that man was in front of her, she, it would be so completely different, I think. Although, you know, she would still do it for the same reason, but still. But, uh, Scott, what did you think about the dynamic between Iris and the Flash? Well, I, I agree with what 
Adam was alluding, alluding to earlier um, about um, it's it's good to to have them kind of acknowledge that Barry has feelings for Iris. I like it when uh, Joe reveals that he's known for a long time that uh, Barry has feelings for Iris, and ironically, Barry says he was too slow um, when it came to talking about that. Um, as it relates to this whole thing with her seeing him, um, you know, I thought the the first meeting was kind of cool. You know, when he, you know, moved his face so she couldn't see him. But man, that that whole thing on the rooftop had I had a mixed reaction to that. Um, you know, because I find myself as he's moving around, you know, and he would always prop himself behind, you know, a certain light coming from somewhere. I, I wondered if that was enough to hide his face, kind of alluding to what you were talking about, Andy, thinking that, you know, if she sees him, she's going to recognize him. Um, and, you know, there was that weird time where, where he was standing right behind her, and for whatever reason, she didn't turn around. Maybe I missed why she didn't turn around. I thought that was kind of oh, an awkward... If you want, I oh, can answer why? that. Um, the reason okay. is because she felt that at this point, if you know, if I keep turning around, he's just going to move. So let I'm just going to let him be comfortable oh, okay. and and not turn around. You know, you can see in her eyes that okay, I need to respect him. He clearly doesn't want to want me to know who he is. So at least I get to talk to him. So that's why she okay. didn't turn around. I think that was okay. really that's smart. Good. That's good enough. The only thing that I I didn't understand outside of that <clears throat> was, you know. There had to be um, more to this, to his meeting to her. I, I thought his strategy to talk her out of the blog was not really that effective and not really well thought out. And the thing is, is it didn't have to be. Because, you know, you have, you know, when I think he's talking to Cisco and Cisco says, wow, she, she puts her name on that. You know, there's going to be people like you that want to do bad things. Uh, they're going to come looking for her thinking she knows something. Um, why doesn't the Flash say that? I think that's the biggest case you could have made. He could have said, look, there are other people like me out there that aren't good like I am, and if you keep doing this, they're going to, uh, they could come out, they could come looking for you, and I don't want that to happen. She could still resist, by the way, but to me, if the intention is to get her to stop the blog, I would think the most powerful arg argument you could make is since she's going to listen to him. She's not going to listen to anybody else. She's going to listen to The Flash because she's fascinated by him. He mm -hmm. says, you are going to, you know, people like me that are not well-intentioned are going to come looking for you if you continue to do this, and I don't want that to happen. To me, that's the best argument he had to get her to stop, and, she, and he didn't use it, and I don't know why. And again, like I said, if you want to go from the standpoint of, well, if you do that and she stops the blog, then that ruins that aspect of the story. Well, not necessarily because she could still say, I'm willing to take that chance. But if the idea was to get across that Barry was making a legitimate um, push to get her to stop, I think that was the best argument he could have used, and he didn't use it. Adam, what did you think about this? You know, I, that didn't occur to me, but Scott is right. I feel like, you know, Barry did try, but maybe he didn't try hard enough convincing her to shut down the blog. Now, I will say, and Scott did point this out, even if he had created that, even if he had told her that argument, you know, there are other metahumans out there, they could hurt you if you keep this up. You know, Iris kind of reminds me of Lois Lane. She's writing, she'll head into the face of danger for a good story. I think she still would have resisted. But, you know, then at least Barry would have said, you know, I made a 100% attempt to get her to stop, but this just isn't going to work. And I think the argument, you know, would have made sense because Iris may not have witnessed metahumans as firsthand as Joe or Barry or any of them, but, you know, she was around when a storm just appeared out of nowhere. She was around when Multiplex, you know, uh, invaded that party. Uh, she has a little bit of experience with these metahumans, so, you know, maybe if Barry had gave her a few more details, it might have convinced her to tackle this in another way, but um, other than that, you know, as far as the rooftop encounter in general, I thought it was an interesting way of him trying to hide his identity you know he was moving around really fast he adjusted his voice and when he was standing still like scott said he was staying so that there was a light shine in her face or he was in shadows um whenever i see these rooftop counter encounters now comic book related i think of batman so you know flash was kind of doing a batman way of keeping himself you know secret or hiding or whatever but the rooftop scene you know it was interesting maybe could have perhaps been done a bit better but i don't think it dragged the episode down at all 
it was one of my favorite parts because, like I said, I am such I'm so in love with the Barry and Iris relationship. And just to, to discuss about the whole block thing, I think that look, they've been friends for many, many, many years. I think that somewhere inside of him, I think I think he did it on purpose not to make a big effort because he knows how much writing means to her. Like, look, if I had a best, you know, if 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 I told one of my best friends that you know you need to stop doing what you love. You need to stop doing it what you believe in. Like, I would be a horrible friend. I don't know if I would be able to live with myself like that. So, I can see from Barry's perspective that maybe he didn't want her to give up in what she believes in. And, you know, I still... Wait, let me just finish quickly. And I think there was a brief moment there. I actually think he was about to tell her that he was the Flash. Like, because you saw in his eyes that he was struggling with that decision. He was thinking, I could tell that... He is a, he is almost about to tell her. He's almost willing to do that. Um, and that's, that's all I wanted to say. So, Scott, sorry. What were you going to say? That's okay. No, I, I definitely didn't want to stop your train of thought. Um, no, I, I, I think that's legitimate that he may not, um, you know, want to be uh, pushy about, you know, being a really good friend and stopping something she's passionate about. And maybe this is, you know an element of Barry still trying to kind of struggle with who he has to be as Barry and who he has to be as the Flash. And when it comes to people he cares about, that uh, inner conflict can go either way and maybe, you know, hinder whatever he's trying to achieve as either as either person. Um, but I would just wonder that even if you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings or, you know, impose your will on something that they're passionate about, I think that I think that becomes sometimes a harder argument when the reasoning behind it is so you don't think later, heck, if I would have just stopped her to doing this, she'd still be alive. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think the idea that somebody, if she continues to do that, it could put her in real um, grave danger um, is is a is a good reason to override whatever extra feelings you you know you have for you know not hurting your friend's feelings, but. He has to be able to do that as the Flash and not Barry Allen. And I think he hadn't been the. And I think maybe the excuse you could make is that he hasn't been the Flash long enough to be able to know. Hey, I'm not Barry Allen right now. I'm the Flash, and I have to do what's best for Iris. He's still struggling internally with, you know, who he has to be as as both figures. And maybe that's why. I guess that's a way that you could go as far as why he didn't warn her of the danger she's in and maybe succumb to. Barry's mind instead of the mindset he needed to have as the Flash. Yeah, I I, I kind of get what you mean, and like and I think that you made a good point of pointing out that that it, it is so early in the stage for him that he you know he's only been the Flash for what a couple of weeks now in their world, and um, as far as I know, I think you know they're pretty much going with our timeline, maybe you know give or take if um, give or take a few weeks, but. Um, no, but I think as the show develops and progresses, I think that he's going to start learning more about the responsibility of of his identity, who he lets in, and what he needs to think about about the people around him. So it's it's definitely going to be a huge element on the show in the show when we get there. I think that, like I said, it's an origin story right now. He he still has so many things to learn, and uh, we will get there. He he will yeah. he will be he will become more of that. Because he Barry is a smart dude. He will realize at some point that maybe I need to rethink this a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I you know we were talking early on about you know how they balance things out in this episode, and I do like the ways that they're coming up with um, to show in the program him him still learning about his powers. You know, when he's running up the building, he's asking him, "Okay, can I run fast enough to run up the side of a building?" And they're trying to figure out how he needs to maintain velocity and whatnot. And then he's trying to figure out whether he can run on water. And he's still figuring out just you know what the limitations and uh, what possibilities there are with his power. And I thought it was actually kind of ironic that um, that those were in this episode because this past um, week on uh, the Assembly of Geeks podcast, we shared this story, and I was wondering if you guys had seen this, where these uh, physics students had done research on scenes from The Flash uh, and I think the one they picked was one where he ran by and grabbed a guy off a, off a, a, a cycle. It was a cyclist. And they said, you know, if Barry Allen, the Flash, is running at full speed, that um, 
getting rescued by the Flash could actually hurt you. And in this case, it'd be like the same thing as getting hit by a car. <laughs> you know, this is granted that's, that's you know, it's a whole nother different mindset watching uh, watching the show as a physics student. But it was rather fascinating. It was almost like, you know, one of those um, drug commercials that tells you it's going to you know, it's going to get rid of indigestion, but it's also going to give you uh, irreversible any, any damage to, to uh, any irreversible damage to kidneys and liver and possible death and nausea. But we're going to get okay, rid of let, your... let, let's, let's go back to a more happy place. So this went really dark, real you quick. You can get rescued and still get hurt is kind of the point I was making. <laughs> but uh, but the, the last thing we see between Iris and Barry in this episode is that Barry tells her that we need to take a break from hanging out with each, with each other. And I, first of all, don't they live in the same house? So how is that going to work? Um, at least I think they live in the same house, don't they? I don't I don't necessarily think so because she said if you came by to do laundry, I already have a load in. I wonder if Barry has his own place, but he still heads over to Joe's house just to, you know, be able to do laundry for free. So maybe he just... <laughs> Hangs out there, but oh not, my god, work. that would be so using them. That's it's their family. I'm sure they don't yeah, mind. Their family, but it's like I said, I'm so invested in this relationship, and I can't wait to see what else will happen between these two. I think by the time we get to the era and flash crossover, I think that they will be in a good place. Ideally, I mean, you don't want to have them stay separated forever, but you still need a little time for them just to have some time apart. Yeah, but let's move. You know, we, we you know, this episode was really straightforward. So you know, we we covered most areas. You know, with Team Flash and stuff like that. Let's talk about Easter eggs and favorite favorite moments. And uh, you know, we had some pretty big ones this week. But let's just talk about favorite moments for for the second um, or slash favorite Easter eggs. I don't know which one I love the most. Him running on water or him running up towards the building. It's like. I'm not supposed to get this in one in the same episode. It's too good to be true. My, yeah, well, my favorite moment is it's like a combination of those two those two moments because I really like, and, you know, props to the Flash Fires for doing this. I like that they're taking into account math and science when, you know, figuring out Barry, at what speed does Barry need to run to be able to do these things. And, you know, this is a superhero show, so the science isn't always going to be spot on. But I'm glad that they're still taking that into account within the narrative. You know, they're figuring out, oh, how fast do I need to go to get up the building or to get across the water? I just, I like that they're doing that. I mean, I had I had lots of favorite moments in the in in the episode. I mean, like I said, I just I just liked the show in general. There were there were a lot of great moments in it. Um, I mean, I really I really liked the whole mystery and tension between the general and uh dr wells you know at one point dr wells even threatens him and says he'll end him and he doesn't mean his career <laughs> i will uh, end your life by a sarcastic clap <laughs> yeah right um well done uh, general you blew it up <laughs> i also like uh the moment where dr wells uh says the um the line powerful men have a way of avoiding conflict uh, when he's talking could, about the general, be more obvious <laughs> about what he's hinting at, he's like, "I'm pumped. yeah, I know." <laughs> so hot, there's just so many great... the kettle black. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like, is he referring to himself or is he referring to uh, the general? Um, um, I also thought it was a you know, as somebody who grew up in the '80s, I thought it was a really interesting version of uh, Iran at the end of the uh, um, episode, the song "Iran" by the Flock of Seagulls. They, yeah, uh, I caught played. that cover. I was like, "Is that the song?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was almost. Oh, I ran. I get it now. He because it's a flash. He runs. Okay. Yeah, that, exactly. That was that was, ho- that was horrible. I'm, I'm out. I'm stepping down as a co-host of the show. No, I'm so, I'm just kidding. But um, I also love the gorilla grod thing at the end. And it's oh my ironic god, we need because, to go. Yeah, because I was I literally you know because I remember I had some some issues with the Captain Cold show so. As I as I started to you know get ready to watch this show, I started to think of things that well you know if I'm gonna say I didn't like this and this and this, what do I want to see? And I actually um, you know when I because we were talking about the whole villain of the week um, formula, and I just remember the buzz it created when we when we first saw the broken cage uh, of 
Grodd, and I and I literally thought, well, maybe here soon we need to see Gorilla Grodd, and sure enough, end of the episode, there he is. <laughs> so it was interesting that just the other day, I was thinking that you know it might be time to roll him back out again, and sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and let's uh, you know what? Let's talk about that Gorilla Grodd Easter egg. Um, now. Andrew Kreisberg had teased on Twitter that same day that we were going to see Grodd in this episode. Um, I got excited about it, although I wish it would have been kept as a secret. I think it would have been a little bit more special then, and it would have been... You didn't see that coming at all, but... But you know what? I, it's fine. It's fine because we, you know I, I I've known for a long time that they're they are gonna tease to Gorilla Grodd in the first seven episodes, as Greg Blanty told us at Comic Con, but. My God, that gorilla and Harrison's reference to that I have a b- bigger future plan for you, whatever he said, it's it makes me more nervous now. Is he good or bad? Because if he's helping bringing up Gorilla Grodd, one of the most powerful villains in the Flash mythology, does that make it then a bad guy? Or it, d- does he think that he that Gorilla Grodd needs to exist in the Flash's future just so that he can save the future? I That doesn't make sense. But, okay, let's discuss as our last point of the episode. <clears throat> well, okay, no, you bring up a good point. Because I was thinking about this at the end of the episode. Okay, Wells is from the future. And he knows about Barry as the Flash. So it stands to reason he knows about Barry's enemies, too. So why would he keep the gorilla that's eventually going to develop super intelligence and mind control powers around? I mean, okay, Eiling is a bad guy, and obviously whatever Eiling had planned for Grodd wouldn't have been good. But at least if Wells had handed him off to Eiling, you know, again, you wouldn't have the super intelligent gorilla fighting the guy who could run fast. It would have worked out. So keeping him around is suspicious. And... I'm interested to find out what Wells' plans were for the gorilla, or, who knows, maybe those plans are still in motion. Maybe he does have something in mind for Grodd. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really confused by the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, like I said, it's, there's so much mystery around Dr. Wells. I, I probably find myself asking more questions and overanalyzing what's going on with him more than any other character in this show. And but I think this that's time it's totally warranted. Intention. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, so much so, I wondered how much he knew about uh, what was going to happen um, or what he wanted to have happen when he sent Plastique to face off against the general. So, um, you know, you wonder just how much he knows and just how much is he controlling the events of what happens each and every episode. Yeah, like I said, I'm not sure anymore. It's it's such a big makes your head hurt after a while. You just go, ah, they'll tell me. Yeah, and I thought Doctor Who was complicated, and (laughs) but (laughs) I'm, you know what? I'm just so excited about what they're planning and what they have in store for us. Even though we don't know a thing about Harrison Wells at this point, we we know a few things. But every week, every episode, he goes back and forth. I can't tell anymore if he is good or bad. At this point, I'm just going to say he's an anti-hero. It's like they're just playing ping pong with their brains. He's good, he's bad. He's good, he's bad. Just, like, keep going back and forth. While Harrison sits there with his sarcastic clap, he's like, Good job, guys. Keep go- keep going like that. Back and forth, back and forth. Clap, clap. But Speak- Speaking of the sarcastic clap, I have to share with you that my wife is a listener of the program and enjoys the show and, and really has gotten kick, has gotten a kick out of the fact that the um, sarcastic clap thing has been kind of a running gag on the show. <laughs> and uh, that, that made me uh, discuss with her that maybe what we need to do on the podcast is literally have a segment and award who gets the sarcastic clap of the week. <laughs> you know what? Um, that's something we may actually consider because, hey, you know, we, we all, you know, you know, we need our own thing. So yeah, I mean, it could be it could be something that happened in the show. It could be an actor or an actress. It could be a listener who said something uh, great on Twitter. It, it could be anything. We could have a sarcastic clap of the week, a Dr. Wells sarcastic clap of the week. 
award. I like that idea. Yeah, I. We will discuss off air, but uh, <laughs> overall, it's a it was a solid episode. I can't wait for next week's episode. They're, you know, they're they're running towards all the right places. Pun, punny. What what do you what do you expect from me? <laughs> You've been here for season zero, Adam. You should be used to this right now. And I will point them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But you know what? We need to get to some Twitter and email reactions. And uh, the first one is not really a reaction um, but it, about the episode, but it is about, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a question to a certain person. And um, because, you know, there was a point in the episode where Beth pretty much ruined Barry's suit. And by the way, Cisco, stop saying that it is your suit. You have no use for it. You, we appreciate you doing them, but it's Barry's suit now. He's the Flash. You will get your own costume in a few years. <clears throat> Why? And um, so, Scott, who did we talk? Who did we talk to on Twitter yesterday? Well, we sent out a um, a tweet um, to Grant Gustin. Who's that? Said, yes, uh, you might know him. Um, and the comment was, those must be some super undies if they were able to survive, but not the rest of the suit. To which Grant Gustin replied, theoretically, Barry got out of the suit, not including the undies, and the suit exploded as he landed at a safe distance. And that's he how responded. he rolls. He responded. Yeah, he, Grant, was, Grant is so awesome. I love him. Uh, but what did our great listeners have to say about this episode? Well, uh, Isa Montager says, I have run out of words to express my excitement with this show. Amazing and awesome are becoming redundant. Need new words. Flashtastic. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Savvy Hobbit said that it was great. Glad to see... Non-evil metal humans besides Barry. Agree with you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Ken Two X says it gets better every episode. It makes me. It makes me feel sorry for this week's episode, knowing the next one will rock. Outstanding. Nicely put. I like that. <laughs> Sue Brody One says great episode. Sad about Iris, but loved shirtless Barry, walking on water Barry, and buzzed Barry. Oliver, it's time to step up. You know, those abs, you know, you can't rely on them forever. <laughs> Sarah Chowster says, Barry and Iris' relationship, arg. Joe's laugh. Oh, my God. I- that was <laughs> that was amazing. When, <laughs> when he laughed at Barry's voice, like, oh, my God. I, draw, I love Jesse Elmar. He's just so He's fun. awesome. And, you know, that reaction was priceless. Like, make me a gift, someone. Please. <laughs> After they give you the gift of the sarcastic... Exactly, yeah. Sarcastic clock comes first. Uh, I'm trying to make I, sure that I read the rest of that tweet properly. Well, basically, it, it, all it says is, I can't... <laughs> the feels. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so many feels. I didn't know if there, that was an acronym or something strange happening there. I wanted to make sure I yeah, represented it. Okay, it, I get it. That would have been weird. But what did Nikki underscore Grease 93 have to say? Uh, <clears throat> Nikki says, I fell in love with Barry and Iris all over again. That scene on the rooftop, pure gold. Hashtag Irish meets the Flash. Hashtag the Flash. Yvonne J. Clark says... Ah, don't make me think fast or my brain will explode. But yeah, another totally awesome episode. Um, Greenclawed underscore wit says, more convinced that he needs evil guy cat. <laughs> and a claw. Guy. Oh, yeah, I got it. Let's I give him a it. claw at the same time and be like Dr. Claw. Also, awesome episode. West Allen feels, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Alex underscore Chapman says amazing episode tonight enjoyed the scenes between Barry slash Iris slash Joe which is the heart at Kelly Fry was great and grod all caps smiley face kneel before grod kneel but that's great that's that's the next shirt they need to make is kneel before grod <laughs> 
Spartan Town says another great episode with incredible effects and explosive guests. Still at the heart of the show are the relationships. Yeah, Spartan Town, he's a good friend of the podcast. I always love to hear his thoughts. Kid Flash says this entire episode was a flashgasm. There you go, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag. (laughs) There's a new term to describe the show. Uh, running on wall slash water, Irish slash Barry drama, topped off by Grodd. It's a full superhero show. Mike Schmidt09 has uh, shared his thoughts again. He says, love the complexity of the villain tonight, as well as Dr. Wells' continued descent into darkness, plus running on water. And also, guys, remember to check out Mike Schmidt's Flash Opera at SoundCloud.com slash Flash Opera. He wrote our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning and the end of each episode of the Flash Pocket. So make sure to check him out and support his work. He's a great fella. Craigamus Max says, two thoughts on tonight's episode of The Flash. Number one, if they keep killing Firestorm's rogues, he'll never get a spinoff. And number two... Didn't think we'd get another Grodd teaser this soon. Will be interesting to see how and if they will make him talk. Actually, I'm actually playing Gorilla Grodd. I'm flying to Vancouver tomorrow and actually doing my first episode. Yeah, you're going to get some tutelage from Andy Circus. Uh, (laughs) Andy Circus, what are you doing here? Surprise I'm his, guest. I'm, I'm his son. But uh, in our last tweet. Our last tweet comes from Wes to Alan, who says, Great episode. Joe and Barry's heart to heart was great and Iris meeting. The flash was awesome. Cisco's crush was funny, too. Also excited for the Grodd cameo. And Wells is still shady. LOL. LOL. Yes. <laughs> Great tweet from all of you guys, and uh, Adam is going to read us um, two emails uh, before we wrap it up and go to the, the plugs and stuff like that. So, uh, Adam, who do, who emailed us this week? Our first email comes from Brian R., who had this to say. I love this episode. There were so many nods or Easter eggs for the fans tonight. I thought the scene between Iris and Flash paralleled the apartment balcony interview between Lois and Superman from Superman the Movie. I think Erica Durant's Lois also had a scene in Smallville when she was trying to investigate the blur. Yeah, Jesse sure. Martin Jesse Martin continues to take control of his scenes, like tonight's scene where Joe and Barry are discussing the idea, telling or not telling Iris about his secret identity, and his not-so-secret love for her. Laughing at slash with Barry was also a nice touch. Tom Cavanaugh's performance as well as gets darker each week. The menace that his character poses went up a couple notches this week as an alliance between Eiling and himself is revealed specifically experiments with mind control on primates. More importantly, a gorilla named Grodd. Wells even went so far as to use plastique as a pawn slash weapon to eliminate the not-so-good general. Too bad Bet wasn't able to say anything more than Wells after being shot and killed. Well, I guess who... Killed. Killed, yes. Quotation marks. I guess we won't be seeing her as part of the future Suicide Squad. Well, Well, comic book show... If Agent Colton come back from the Marvel movies, so why can't why can't she? And John yeah. Berman came back; he was stabbed. Uh, but also, also anyone Kavanaugh that can hold his or her own with an actor like Clancy Brown has serious chops. One last thing I picked up on was the music used in the drinking at the bar scene between Caitlin, Cisco, and Barry. Playing in the background was "I Ran So Far Away." <laughs> I ran so far away. It fits on so many levels. First, there's Barry's obvious feed. Second, the trio is drowning their sorrows to forget or get away for a few moments. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the new episode. Yep, that was definitely a good catch. Yeah. Uh, and then our other email comes to us from, interestingly enough, our friendly neighborhood psychic. Interesting name. Oh, I know. I think, I think his name is Sean on Twitter. Don't, don't ruin the secret. He's the psychic. He's anonymous. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, whatever. <laughs> he says this. Let me start off by saying awesome podcast. Still kind of behind. Okay, really behind. Like season zero behind, but that's fine. <laughs> now let's get down to business. Not to defeat the Huns, though. Oh, man. This episode was great. Just <laughs> overall great. 
Can't wait to see more of this show as it continues. The best part of this episode had to be the final scene with the super booze. I'm buzzed, and it's gone. Just perfect. Anyways, keep up the good work. And it's it's gone. Like I was thinking about the Joker the whole time. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. And uh, and by the way, Jerry Little as the Joker would be amazing. Just saying. But uh, guys, thank you so much for all the tweets and the emails. You know, we had so many other emails and tweets to read, but you know. You know, we want to try to keep it, you know, not too long. So if we didn't get to read your email or tweet this week, we apologize, but hopefully next week. But if you want to be part of the show every week by tweeting in your feedback about the episode or email us, tweet us at the Flash Podcast, or if you have longer thoughts, at the Flash Podcast at gmail.com, and we will read as many as we can on the show because we do this podcast for you guys, our amazing speedsters. But we're actually going to get... Um, close to wrapping it up now we're actually gonna go plugging our stuff and uh you know you can find the podcast you can find it on the flashpodcast.com the official website of the podcast you can get news about the flash and the latest news about our episode as well as episode releases uh at twitter at the flash podcast facebook.com slash the flash podcast join our facebook group Anyone gets to come in and talk about geeky stuff with us. Uh, we're part of the Flash Fan Circle uh, on Google+, Plus uh, via Hank of TV Fanatic. He's a great guy. Make sure to check out his work and his articles and reviews. And make sure to leave some comments and, and see what you think about what he has to say about various shows and stuff. And uh, we are part, you know, we are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That's the best way you can support our show, aside from downloading it, of course. And... Um, the more reviews and um, stars we get, the higher up we get in the iTunes store, so more people can discover the podcast. And uh, and by, and also just to point out, the giveaway is coming with those Flash Comic Con bags, and iTunes reviews will be relevant. So if you want to have a chance of winning um, a Flash bag, you know, make sure to leave some good iTunes reviews. And you can also check out our great friends' uh, sponsors such as TV Tag at TV Tag on Twitter as well as TV Tag Flash to get your Flash stickers and stickers for other great TV shows. We're proud members of the Mixed Radio Network. We go live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And also make sure to check out our good friends over at zaptwit.com. Great friends over there. They do uh, amazing stuff for various shows and and so on. And if you have, if you have any questions, email us at theflashpocket at gmail.com. And also, just to plug our little Facebook group again, we have spoiler threads uh, every week, and it's uh, hosted by our good uh, admin and moderator, um, David Rosen, who does a great job over the Flash Podcast fa- Facebook group, as well as the Cover Podcast Facebook group. So come and join us and talk about the Flash after it is aired the same night. That, you know, we species, we gotta stay together, you know? And, uh, yeah, Adam, Scott, where can people find you on the internet? Well, people can find my articles on all things geeky, comic book, movies, and TV shows at cinemablend.com. And if you want to be able to find those articles easily or just check out my musing on many geek matters, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Adam Holmes. And you can also find me on the Assembly of Geeks podcast. Uh, our latest episode covers uh, knee-jerk reactions as well as calm-down reactions to the announcement of uh, the new Star Wars movie title, The Force Awakens. Uh, we talk about uh, animated movies, The Flash, and um, many other things. And we actually made the announcement this past week that uh, we will be launching uh, another podcast dedicated to Agent Carter uh, and can cover that uh, show uh, all eight weeks uh, that it airs. So uh, we're very excited about that. That'll be an Assembly of Geeks production as well. You can find everything about that at assemblyofgeeks.com, and you can find me at Mr. Scott Murray. And you can find me on Twitter at anybody because who needs needs Mr. anyway? It's overrated. Uh, but we're How gonna dare you. It's all I had. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> everything else was taken. Uh, well, uh, and also, guys, uh, if you've been part of the podcast, you know, since you know the first episode of season one, um, Adam will. You know, this is you know 
Adam will be taking a little break for the next two weeks. So, you know, we will not be hearing from him in two weeks about The Flash. But he will be back for episode eight and nine of The Flash. So next week we will, we will be joined by a, a good, a great guest host. And um, you'll find out next week. Uh, but we're going to jump into spoilers now. So if you're n- not sticking around for the spoiler section, I'm Andrew Bact. I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Adam Holmes. That went well. Perfectly. And we will see you next week on the Flash Podcast. Exactly, did you hit a man? A big bad man. How do I fight a guy that's made of steel? You'd have to hit him at approximately Mach 1.1. You create a sonic boom, which, as I've said before, would be. The Flash, new hit series this Tuesday at 8 7 Central on the CW. And welcome to the spoiler section for the next week's episode of The Flash called. The Flash is born. I wonder what the, that could be all about. So, and Adam is now going to read the official description for that sixth episode. So, Adam, what's happening next week? The Flash faces a new metahuman named Tony, played by guest star Greg Finley, who can turn himself into girded steel at wheel. Will. While Dr. Wells and Caitlin are concerned about Barry's safety, Cisco comes up with a plan to take Tony down. Meanwhile, Iris's blog on... The Flash gets her into trouble, and Eddie witnesses Tony's abilities firsthand and begins to ask questions that Joe doesn't want answered. Joe asks Dr. Wells to help him solve Nora Allen's murder. Uh, Millicent Shelton, hope I said that right, directed the episode, written by Jamie Paglia and Chris Rafferty. And and, and the audio that you he- heard was uh, only the 30-second teaser for next week's episode. We know that it was uh, a longer trailer released um, titled Shozen, where they, pre- in- according to Grant, that was featuring footage for episode 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Uh, but I could barely see any any footage from the Arrow Flash crossover. But uh, we do get to see the new, uh, another new metahuman, far- um, I, I, okay, I don't know if how, how I pronounce it. Farnak? Is that how you say it? Well, codename Blackout, if you want to keep it simple. Oh, well, well, there you go. That seems easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, we, so we see great footage there, and we see Iris renaming her blog to something really cool. Eddie is training Barry for some reason, which is kind of interesting. And, um, and Barry goes up against Colossus. I mean, Girder. Sorry, oh, yeah. it, they do look a lot like uh, both the actors physically and uh, the effects as, as well. But uh, we also see the clock kink. But um, but if, it, but just focusing on next week's episode, it you know what's so interesting? They they haven't mentioned him as you know that kid that used to bully him as a kid, like as if it's like you know a new meta human. It's not someone that Barry apparently knows do you think they changed that in the um, in the story or do you think that they will reveal in the episode that oh you don't remember me barry i used to bully you when i was when we were kids well okay that's that is that from the comics or did they already say that they it will be addressed in the show i remember you know that, what I, mean? I remember when they announced that they were adding tony girder to the show and they said that in the, in the tv show he was gonna have a background with barry as kids from what i remembered Maybe I've mixed it up, but I'm pretty sure that that was supposed to be the case. Okay, well then maybe they're just you know keeping it secret on the down low. 
But uh, what do you guys think about the things we've seen these? Um, well, any of these trailers? Well, I think it's an ex- it's an exciting time for the show. Um, you know, this this week they they set up um, uh, a lot of really good um, you know story elements and um, added some depth to some of the things that were already kind of um, coming around and between. Um, you know, Barry learning his abilities, um, learning more about these other metahumans that are out there, you know, the conflict with, um, with Iris, the, you know, the mystery surrounding Dr. Wells, and, um, of course, trying to um, break his father free from jail and clear his name. Um, those things are all beginning to really um, add more and more depth as we go along, and, even though we've got a new villain here, these elements that we've already seen kind of starting to come to fruition are really going to start having bigger impacts on the story as we go along. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it all fits together. And uh, just the description in the trailer for this, you can tell things are really getting serious and the show is really finding its kind of comfort zone and is going to take things to the next level. I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. Adam? Yeah, kind of like the like the, we because we also got a similar Arrow trailer a couple days ago too, which you know gave a tease at what's to come these next few episodes. I like that they're kicking things up a notch for you know these last couple episodes of uh, the winter season. Um, as far as Girder goes, you know I'm a little sad that they're going the Colossus route with him instead of making him you know a permanently gilded steel man. But you know for budget purposes, I get why they're doing that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Barry defeats him because, you know, every time he tries to punch him, he's just punching steel. And, you know, Barry can heal fast, but it's still going to be troublesome to take the guy down. Uh, as far as the future villains we're going to be seeing, they look cool. Blackout. Um, really glad. To, I'm really glad to see William Talkman back, a.k.a. the Clock King, although why he seems to be holding up the Central State Police Department uh, is a mystery. But Because he's Robert but- Napper, He doesn't need a reason. He's awesome. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he just he just shows up in the police station like Victor Zaz and just starts pointing yep. the gun around. <laughs> the Gotham G- reference people. Yeah, the GCPD are idiots. Sorry, but um, aside from Gordon and Bullock and stuff like that, but um, no, but I'm excited to see Girder and yeah, you know, I, I like Colossus and I like those effects. So I think that having someone like that on the Flash, especially someone that used to be a bully um, to Barry, as a kid, I looked it up while we were talking. Yes, he is. Um, you know, they do have a connection from the past, and um, and yeah, that's essentially essentially it. And I'm excited to see what's happening. And I fingers crossed that Iris will be the one to get to name the Flash. Hopefully so, because the streak has run its course. Pun definitely intended there, but you get my meaning. <laughs> Haha. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> sorry adam it's okay i, ha- I have to do that sorry. but um anything else we want to say before we wrap it up um well there's eddie finding seeing tony's abilities firsthand although if eddie has some secrets of his own maybe he's uh feigning his surprise I'm not sure yeah well, we will see what happens next week on uh, episode 6 of The Flash called The Flash is Born. And, uh, yeah, Adam, we will see you um, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, if you're going to Bahamas or whatever, I hope you have a good time. <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, just kidding. But uh, but we will be joined by a good guest. And um, thank you so much for joining us for this installment of uh, The Flash podcast. And uh, have a good one. <laughs>